It's one of my wife's favorite songs. She said that guy that wrote that was in a dark, dark place when he wrote that, and he's and he was, but he made it out. And the Lord reaches down in the dark spots, and uh, and pulls us out. I just saw something while I was sitting over there. Lindy, what? Whose baby is that that you have over there? I'm just going to tell you, Lindy was not listening to the singing at all. She had her phone up and was taking pictures. Am I lying, Lindy? You were taking pictures of your grandbaby during the special song. Mitch and Karen, do you want to show off your baby, or are you going to let your grand? You're going to let Lindy do it. Somebody, somebody, come up here and show off this baby. Usually just one of you comes, but Mitch is so happy. He wants to, oh, yeah, looky here. Like, was she asleep? Did we wake her up? No, she's, well, oh, no. she's trying. Look at that. Can you, can you guys get her or is she okay? Isn't she beautiful? Congratulations, Thanks. you guys. Congratulations. Thanks. There she goes. Hey, I wasn't making it up. Lindy was over there taking pictures, and she was just like, oh, <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. I'm telling you. I tell you what. That's the way grandparents are supposed to be. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. I have a thank you note here that I forgot to read earlier. And this is what it says. To church family, I can't begin to tell you how much your love and prayers have meant to us during these last two months. Knowing you were praying for us gave my heart so much peace. Mama is in heaven, and that brings so much comfort. Thank you for all for providing lunch after the surface. From the bottom of my heart, I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much. The family of Jane Masters, and that's Teresa Grenlin. And Teresa, we want to thank you for that. And uh, I want to thank the church for uh, uh, just being the church. We've, we've been had a lot of ministry going on in the last few weeks. And... Uh, you guys have stepped up and done the things that needed to be done, and, uh, and the Lord is blessing you for that. And uh, this morning, because you guys are reaching out and uh, you are doing what the Word says, we are going to baptize two, uh, two fellows this morning. And uh, we like to celebrate baptism and we'd like to give the whole service to it. And so that's, that's what we're going to do. And this morning we're going to be in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. And uh, I'd like for you all to stand as we go to the Word this morning. And I preach about this a lot when it comes to Baptism Sunday. Because Baptism Sunday is a day to remind us what we're here to do. And it is a day to celebrate when God has worked in what, in what we've done and is working. And so we want to celebrate this morning. Let's read together before we read the scripture. Let's read this out loud. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. 
I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. We're going to begin reading with verse 16, Matthew 28. These are the last words of Jesus before he ascended into heaven. And you always want the last things you say. The last things you say are usually the most important things. And this is the last thing Jesus said to his disciples. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we just want to thank you for letting us come and be here this morning. Thank you for what we're going to be, just what we're going to do in just a few minutes. And Father, we just want to take time to remember and to celebrate uh, what it is to be the church. And so, Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would come, that you would encourage our hearts, that you would strengthen our minds, and that you would help us to be what you've called us to be. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Two weeks ago, uh, when I preached, the last Sunday was VBS, and so we kind of had a different service, And but I was in continuing in our exile, and on that Sunday, I preached about that it takes practice or practices for us to continue to be holy. And there's things that we do, there's things that we do each week, a practice. You came, you came to church this morning. That is a practice that will help you be what God wants you to be. You sang worship songs this morning. That is a practice. You know you don't have to sing worship songs just on Sunday morning. You can sing them all the time. When you're in a car, you can turn on the radio and you can sing. Now, you better make sure you're on the right radio station, but you can, uh, you know, you can sing along with uh, worship songs and, uh, and, and you can do that. And it's those practices. When we read our Bibles, that is a practice that helps us be what God would have us to be. When we pray, that is a practice that helps us to be what God would have us to be. And we have things that we do in the church that are practices that keep reminding us we are in this world that does not agree with what we think. We're in this world that does not uh, listen to what we say, that ridicules us for what we believe. And I feel like sometimes we should feel, and the word, and the word says we are aliens in this world. We are in sort of exile. But in the midst of this, there are practices that push us and remind us who God is. When we take communion, that pushes us and reminds us who God is. When we baptize, it pushes us and reminds us who God is. It reminds us what has God done in our lives. And so that's what we're doing today. That's why we take a whole Sunday morning to do this, because we think it is a good practice for the church to see. It's good for us all to be here and see this this morning. It's good for us to all be here and hear what God is doing. It's good for us. It's good for us to see this today. And so that's why we do that. This is a practice that we do. And it is very important to us to, to remind ourselves. I went to a leadership conference this week. And one of the things that these guys that are smarter than everybody else tells me to do is to remind people of the mission. Remind, 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 remind. You should be absolutely sick to death of what we do. You should be reminded all the time that we make Christ-like disciples in the nations. 
that we are to become Christ-like for the sake of others. I probably don't remind you of that enough. I feel, you ever, you ever get with your kids and you tell them things over and over and over and over and over again and they still don't do it and you just keep telling and then you think, well, I'm just tired of telling. Sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes I feel like I say things over and over and over again, but I have found out that that's what I'm supposed to do. And when I look through the word, the word says the same thing over and over and over and over again. And why is that? Because we forget. We forget. My wife tells me the same thing over and over and over again. I know she gets tired of it, but why does she tell me? Because I forget. Or I just don't listen to her. I'm going to go with forget. She's going to go with I just don't listen to her. But, that's a, that's, but we, need to, we need to do that over and over and over again. And so lots of times on Baptist, Baptism Sunday, on Baptist Sunday, we're going to have Baptist Sunday. We should have that. Let's all be Baptists. This, no, on Baptism Sunday, and everybody's like, yeah, no. On Baptism Sunday, we need to be reminded of what it is we do. We are to make disciples, and we are to baptize. God has called us to that. And uh, baptism is a practice. And the baptism practice is a great way to hold the person who is being baptized accountable. They come and stand up in front of the church and they are saying by the very act of baptism that I have died to myself. And they're saying that to everybody. They don't have to get on the Facebook or anything like that. They can, and that'd be fine. But this is what God says to do. God says, Jesus says, to come and stand in front of all your friends and all your peers and say, this is what has happened in my life. I have died to myself, and I have been raised up new in Christ. And uh, I was talking to these guys this morning and throughout the last couple of weeks, and, and, and they're like, do I, have to, do I have to say anything? I was like, no. The, the act is what says, God is so good to us. You know, there's some people that like to talk and there's some people that would, be, that would just love to give their testimony. But God is so good and Jesus is so good. He said, you know what? If you want to do that, that's great and we want you to. But if you don't have to say, if you don't want to say anything, he says the act, the practice says it all. Okay. And so that's where we are this morning. And it, and it's not only good for them because then they have people that said, Hey, I, re- I remember that Sunday morning that you stood up in front of everybody and you said, this is what I'm going to do. And so we can hold them accountable, but it is also a great day for the church because it is a day when we get to see a win. We get to see a win. It's a great day when we say, Jesus said, go and make disciples and baptize them. That's what we do. And on this day, we get to see, hey, we're doing what God has called us to do. Do you like to win every now and then? You ever, I mean, you ever, sometimes when I was, when I was a freshman or sophomore, well, mostly like when the girls, when the girls played basketball, New Covenant Academy was the team that everybody had come to play homecoming because they were terrible. We played, I remember Lindsay's freshman year, we played in more homecoming games than you can imagine. I saw more kids crowned homecoming queen than probably any human being in the world. They were all the time. And we'd go down to every which way, and it was just like, oh, you know, I'm just like, I've seen it 50 times already. 
because we could not win. And I remember one game, we scored 20 points. It was the first time in like seven years that that, am I remembering this right? It was, huh? That was Lacey's group. I don't care. It was one of the girls. They scored 20 points, and they hadn't scored 20 points in a game in years. And when we scored 20, our whole t- we were getting beat by 100, but we scored 20 points. We were like, yeah. And everybody's like, why are you clapping? Because you are getting whomped. And we was like, it was a win. It was a win. And I remember the first game that they won. It had been years since they'd won a game, and everybody was like, yeah. Were they any good still? No, not really. Still probably had a losing season. But we celebrated the win, all right? And so today, we are celebrating a win. And it's good for everybody to celebrate a win. And I just want to remind you this morning, I just want to remind you what God does. What has to happen before we have a win? And the first thing I want to talk about is that our God is so good that he reaches out to us. I don't want us to forget how we got, you know, after you've been saved for a while, sometimes you forget how lost you were. Sometimes after you've been saved for a while, you forget that God, sometimes we start thinking, you know, God really got a good deal when he got me. I'm really a pretty good person. You're really not because God reached down in while you were a sinner. You forget that? While we were sinners, while we were in the middle of sin, God says, you know, I love you and I don't want you to stay here. And he reaches out to us when we are rejecting him. He reaches out to us and draws us in. Now, sometimes when God reaches out to people, their reaction is immediate and they say, yes, I want, I want that. And sometimes the reaction is, hmm, and God just keeps reaching And he keeps drawing and it may take weeks or months or sometimes people are in the process of getting saved for years, but he uses all different things. And finally we get to the place where we say yes. And God uses songs and peoples and events and he uses the church and he uses circumstances to get us into a place where we finally say, yes, God, I want to be what you want me to be. And usually above all, it's just, it's just something that God would even reach out uh, to us. And, and, and usually he uses all of the things that I've mentioned. He'll use a combination of all of them. And, and here's the deal. God does not wait till we are cleaned up. Have you ever heard someone say, you know, I need to quit doing this and this and this, and then I'll go to church and then, and then God can save me. No, no, God doesn't, God doesn't want us to get cleaned up. He wants to clean us up. He reaches down while we're still in rebellion and, and comes. And, and, and these guys this morning, God used friends and family and events and our church. And he used all these things to, to bring them to this place where they said yes. Anthony had a, and, and, and this morning, you might not even know either one of these guys. Anthony Shirley, a uh, neat guy that's been uh, in our community for quite a while. And he works up at John Deere. And he had a friend, Linda Dickinson, that just kept pointing him towards Christ. And then he got to go to a men's encounter. 
and had a real experience with Christ. Used people like Tony Blackstock to, to be part of that. And then on, on Thursdays, he comes to the church and Tony is still ministering into his life and, and used a, a church here. And, and I remember, I will never forget, one Sunday morning, Tony came up to me. He said, Pastor, I want to be baptized. He said, God has done something in me. God has used and, and done and changed me. And I, want every, I need this to be done in my life. Well, it was a combination of all those things. And then Kevin Terry, you're gonna, if you don't know him, you're going to meet him here in just a minute. But he is uh, neighbors with Kale and Susan Ivey. And Kale and Susan have just been saying, you know, this is what God, and pointing him towards Christ for years. His wife uh, had, had an encounter with Christ and has been pointing him to Christ and the church and, and all these things, all the, God used all those things at just the right time and just the right place and kept pointing and kept pointing and kept pointing. And not Friday, two, three days ago, but a week ago, Friday, I had the privilege of sitting at this altar with Kevin Terry, and he got saved. And he came up, and he said, Pastor, I'm get, I said, Kevin, you need to get baptized. He said, I'll do it this Sunday. I said, this Sunday's Bible school Sunday. He goes, I'll do it the next Sunday. And he's here this morning. And, his, and, this is, and God used all these different things. And God was reaching out and saying, come on, come on, come on. And he would bring people in, and they'd go, 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 go. This is where, and that's what God does. And he reaches out to us and, and brings us to this place of repentance. And repentance is, repentance is not easy. Saying I'm sorry is easy. Repentance is hard. Repentance is where you say, hey, not only do I hate what I've done, I don't want to do it anymore. And at that moment, when we get to that place where we say, I don't want to do it anymore, when we start hating sin like God does, God does three things in us. And he does those things uh, he, uh, simultaneously. And these three things are he justifies us, he regenerates us, and he adopts us. If you've ever been through membership class, you know all these terms. And maybe these are new terms to you or just never understood them. But I'm going to tell you, I want to just say this is what God does to, for us. He justifies us. Justified is a judicial word. It, is, it means that we're brought back to a right place. If you went to court and you had uh, a speeding ticket and they said, okay, this is your fine and you, if you pay your fine, you'll be brought back into the right. And that's what happens. We are justified. Jesus' blood covers our sins. It doesn't just cover our sins. He cleanses us from our sins. His blood is enough to pay the price for the penalty for our sins. And we are justified. And immediately we are brought out of being from where we were. We were in a wrong relationship, God. We're brought into a right relationship with God. Immediately we are justified. And, and God does that for us. And then the second thing that happens is we're regenerated. We're regenerated. In John 3, 3, this is one of my favorite scriptures ever. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he says to Nicodemus, he says, you got to be born again. The way you are, you cannot continue to be the way you are and be what I want you to be. Have you ever heard someone say, and we, we talk about this all the time. People say, well, I was just born with a bad temper. Well, you know what needs to happen? You need to be born again. I was just born, you know, and, 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 I, and I, just, I just have trouble telling the truth. And that's just the way God made me. Well, you need to be born again. And that's what this is talking about. God does not save us 
so that we can keep falling back into the way things used to be. God is not excited about just forgiving us of our sins. He wants to take care of the sin problem in our life. He wants to change us to where we don't want to fall back into that anymore. What's the use of, you know, just washing your clothes? Wouldn't it be neat if you could have a pair of clothes that would not get dirty anymore? I wash clothes all the time. My clothes get dirty all the time. We wash clothes all the time. Wouldn't it be neat, instead of just washing them, that they would just not get dirty anymore? And they wouldn't stink or anything like that? And they'd just be done? That's what Jesus wants to do in our life. He wants to not only cleanse us from what we've done, but he wants to so change us that that's no longer what we want to do. He wants to regenerate us. And that's what he does when we are born again. King David said, God created me a new heart. The heart that I have keeps wanting to do wrong. Do something different in me. Change me. And then we are adopted. I will never forget when we went to the courthouse when Pepper, I don't think she's here this morning, but when Pepper got adopted. That was one of the neatest things we ever did. We went down to the courthouse and the Hawkins was there and we all went in there and they announced that Pepper, I don't even know what her last name was before, but she was a Hawkins. And you guys, you guys, Joe and, and uh, uh, oh, your name just, I just lost your mo- name. What's her name? Lisa. Yeah. Joe and Lisa. You guys just did that with them boys. They are Lawrence's, aren't they? And no matter what anybody says, anybody could come up to them, Joe and Lisa and say, them boys aren't Lawrence's. They are whatever. They're not. They're Lawrence's, aren't they? And that's what God does to us. When, when we come in, literally, if you notice throughout Scripture, people would come and Jesus would say, well, this is what your name used to be, but now your name is this because you've been, they've been changed. God changed. We are changed from we used to be whatever we used to be, liar, stealer, whatever, to become Christian. Our name is changed. And, and that's what God does for us. He adopts us. And Satan will try to say, oh, you're, you're that, what you used to be. You're, you're, and he'll call us by our old name. And that's not our name anymore. You could come up and, and say, well, their, their name is whatever they used to be. And it's not. It's Lawrence. You could go up to Pepper and someone could say, well, she used to be. That's what she used to be. She's a Hawkins now. And she will always be Hawkins because she's been adopted. And Christ adopts us. And he, he does all of this at the same time. And we are brought into and we are justified. We are adopted and we are regenerated. And we take on a new name of Christian. And that's what we're celebrating today. And we get to this morning, because of baptism, we get to remind the church what God has done and to let the church celebrate all of this justification, regeneration, and adoption. And we get to to, uh, celebrate with Kevin and Anthony. And I'm going to tell you, though, I'm going to warn you guys. Satan's going to come back and he's going to try to call you by your old name. Whatever it was, whatever, he does that to all of us. And he'll call back and he'll say, I remember you used to be a liar or or whatever you were. And he calls us and that's not who we are anymore. 
And we need to say that to him. And it'd be good if we just say it out loud. He goes, that's not my name. I'm Christian. I'm Christian now. That, that's what I used to be, but that's not who I am now. And we want to celebrate, and we need to celebrate as a church as we go and make disciples. This is a win for us today. It's a win for us at the church. And we want to have more and more and more days like this. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be neat if we had so many people being one that one or two Sundays a month we had to have a baptism? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome? I'll tell you what's awesome. i tell you it's awesome that some people from our church said, I'm going to speak Christ into my neighbor's life. And that Linda said, I'm going to speak Christ into Anthony's life. Isn't that great, Anthony? And you might say, well, I don't know when I would get an opportunity to do that. If you see people, you've got an opportunity. And God, and God does not say, well, I just want to use these folks, or I just want to use Linda, or I just want to use Kale and Susan. That's not, he wants to use all of us. And we need to be open and need to kind of have our, I don't want to say antennas up, but we need to be listening because God wants to speak. There might be somebody that you're in line with here or there or whenever or whatever, and, and just, you know, you need to speak into their life. And that's what God has called us to as a church. And it's not left up to pastor or somebody like, it's, that's you, that's your job. That's what God has called you to. Wouldn't it be neat? This should be your goal. This should be your goal this year, that at some time this year, that you're standing up here beside a pool of water with a friend that you had a little bit of emphasis in them becoming Christ. Wouldn't that be great? Do you know that most Christians never lead anybody to Christ? You know that? that? Most Christians go through their life and never lead another person to Christ. That should be your goal this year. That somebody comes up here and stands in the water. Maybe you didn't lead, maybe you weren't there when the prayers were said or whatever was like that. But you spoke into their life and they would say, that person spoke truth into my life. That should be every one of your goals. No matter how old or how young you are, God seeks to do that in your life. And God wants to do that. We've been talking about that. The, uh, Tony and them came up with this idea of the five by five thing. Man, we're, try- we're trying to help you get you in those spots where you're going to start doing those things. If you start praying for people and God starts laying people on your mind, we were driving down the road the other day and I told Cindy, I'm going to stop at that house. And she said, who is it? I said, I don't know. But God told me I'm going to stop at that house and I'm going to, I've already got one person and I'm going to, I got to come up with four more. But what's going to happen there? I don't know. They may throw me off and tell me never to come back ever again. But they just might need Christ. And if you're praying, the truth of the matter is, you're probably going to show up on the day when God's been speaking into their lives. And at just the right time, at just the right place, you are going to speak and they're going to have asked God, if you would just show me who you are. And knock, 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 knock. I've got this mug here for you. And they're going to go, What? That stuff still happens. God still does that. And he still wants to do that. And he is doing that. And you're being part of it. And so today we are going to celebrate this together. I would like to have uh, Kevin and Anthony just come. And I just want you to stand right here in front of me.